Welcome to Her Extraordinary Life by Design, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I'm your host, Leslie Gaudet, self-care coach for women who are ready to make self-care a priority to support them in life and business. Every week, I'll be speaking with inspiring women from various walks of life who will share their personal journeys and will discover how they have fearlessly carved their own paths as business owners, passionately pursuing their dreams, and creating a meaningful impact on their communities. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to Her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast. I'm your host, Leslie, and I'm really super excited to be speaking with my next guest, who's here today to help me close out this wonderful self-care series. Today, we're talking with Cheryl Bassett. Cheryl is a creative force with a heart for people and a head for business. With nearly two decades as an executive director for a major healthcare association, Cheryl has helped individuals, organizations, and corporations navigate personal responsibility, finances, and health. Her life has been steeped in creativity and entrepreneurship, magnified by her deep family bonds. Along her journey, she founded Kitchen Table Conversations, a unique system and toolkit centered around four gifts, fostering enduring family connections. Her revolutionary idea earned international acclaim as one of the next best brilliant ideas for humanity. Cheryl has since expanded her reach as a speaker, author, and host of the show Kitchen Table Conversations. Future Focus, she's the co-founder of Good and Crazy, a one-of-a-kind ecosystem for wishpreneurs. The wish is for writers, inventors, influencers, solopreneurs, and humanitarians. She's also set to launch the Good and Crazy Ranch, a sanctuary connecting families and leaders with nature's beauty through retreats. Known to her eight grandchildren as CG, often thought to stand for Cheryl Grandma, but she humorously reveals it truly means Crazy Grandma. Cheryl's boundless love for family fuels her passion for joy in everything she does. In addition to Grandma, she proudly holds titles of mom, stepmom, wife, and fur mama in her bustling home filled with diverse pets and aquatic wonders. I'm really excited to have Cheryl on today, and I feel like we have so much goodness to unpack with everything that she's doing and the impact that she's making on the world around her. So let's get started. Welcome, Cheryl. I am excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So we know the businesswoman of who you are, but can you give us just a little bit more insight into the woman, the wife, the grandma, the mom? the stepmom, the fur baby mama for us, please. And, and then we'll get into the topic of self-care and what you're currently doing today. Yeah. So the grandkids, we have eight, another one on the way all over the place in terms of, you know, some, what, a couple in England, Colorado, and here in Ohio, which is where I'm from. And I love being CG. I, I don't think I realized how awesome it is being a grandma until you get to experience it. And so I do appreciate that piece. When my kids know that they're now 30 and you know, 30, 33. And so they're off on their own, right, with their own families. And so I think to replace sort of that, I went down the route of the zoo in my house, literally, <laughs> with with turtles and lizards and bunnies and hairless guinea pigs and birds and aquariums and like, all of it, right? So, so I love that piece of it. It's very cathartic for me. Like, it's very much a self care thing for me, um, in terms of getting to be in that space. Um, but I think um, for me, it's always been about like just the communication, right? And the relationships 
with the children and now with the grandchildren and how that gets to be. And, and also recognizing that the more that I could stay in my joy, the more that I could allow them to be in theirs and that that was really an important piece. It's not a selfish piece, right? It's actually allowing your own light to shine so that they can actually allow theirs to do the same. And so that that beautiful space of of now stepping into being a grandparent, right? I feel like it's even 10 times what it was, what I was able to do with my own kids. And so anyway, I love that piece of my life. I am also a wife. My husband's a retired chiropractor. We're very much into the health space and doing healthy living things all the time and trying to just, I guess, also be that role model again for my kids and for my grandchildren to be as young as possible so that I can still try to do a cartwheel with my granddaughter. It may not look as pretty, but I can still do one. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Yeah, doing the cartwheels. I haven't done a cartwheel, oh my gosh, in ages, but yeah, <laughs> that's fun. And you have the young ones to keep you feeling young. Yes. So I, I want to say thank you for sharing that because it's always nice to hear the personal side of someone's story. We always talk about business, but there's always that personal side, which is really lovely to hear. And I love the fact that you have such a connection with your family, especially your growing family. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. So I want to talk to you about self-care. And I think you're doing so much with your life that really speaks to what it really is all about and how you serve your family, how you are showing up in your community and the impact that you're making around the world. And of course, the future impact that you want to make. So I want to talk about kitchen table conversations, your unique system and toolkit that is centered around four gifts fostering enduring family connections. I really love what this is all about. I had to watch the video again because I just absolutely love the messaging behind it. So tell us more about it and how this came to be. Yeah. So now we're going to even dig a little deeper into my personal life to some extent, but really our journey to set out as a family was when my kids were really little and it's not a journey we knew we were on. It's one of those that along the way went, oh my gosh, like we're doing something really awesome here. But the first time that my kids came home from school and they were like, I need this and I need that. I had just spent the whole day trying to to make the the money balance out right for the month. And then they came home and we need to buy t-shirt. We need to buy cleats for football and we need this and we need that. And then it was my son, Brian, who said, oh, yeah. And by the way, I need a tube of chapstick. And that was it. That was my straw. Like, you know, and, and, and I went off the deep end over there must be five tubes of chapstick in this house. And I had this emotional meltdown to this day is still a joke because it's not my norm. But I just had that bad mom moment, if you will. But maybe it was a beautiful moment in that that was the first night that I just thought, oh, my gosh, we just need to get on the same page. So we sat down and we had our first official family meeting that night so that we could all be in communication around what that could look like. And I think when we first sat down, Leslie, I thought that I was just going to impart all my wisdom onto my children, straighten them out. Right. (laughs) But what I found out through a very short time was, is that every Sunday night at seven, when we got together, this that I had a lot to share, but I also had a lot to learn. And this beautiful thing unfolded between us in terms of how we got to show up and be in each other's space and how we got to listen to one another and how their voice could be heard, too. So out of that, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. When we first started, we had three rules. And those three rules have evolved into the four gifts. So we started out with three rules, but rules feel limiting, right? And when we kind of started to do this, we're like, man, we're not trying to limit. We're actually trying to expand the conversations, right? We're trying to make it a safe space for people to be able to share and to open up. So we changed 
from the three rules to ultimately the four gifts because a fourth a fourth one got added in. Um, but really, it's it's a way for everybody to step into this family meeting where they can feel heard and valued and respected and supported and even celebrated, right? In terms of what we all get to bring into that equation. So I don't know if you want me to dig into the four gifts, but I can just tell you that a lot of times families run around and they say, we don't have time to meet. You don't have time to not, because it goes by like this, but man, it it is the gift that will continue to give to this day, the conversations that I still have with my children, even though they're older, right? And that openness of communication and how we approach it, it is, you can't put a price on that, right? So I I would just encourage every family as you find that time, you make it sacred, you make it special and you honor it and your kids will roll their eyes. Mine did. Brian, I'd say it's family meeting and Brian would roll his eyes and I'd be, that's fine. You go ahead and you roll your eyes and then get your butt to the table because we're going to have our family meeting because it was important. And when they know you're serious, they'll respect that. Yeah, but I think they're going to look back on this time that you had, you know, insisted on these family meetings and they're going to really realize just like how great the connections that you've built through these meetings because you've gotten to know each other. You are creating those deeper bonds. I think that's so beautiful. I mean, it's part of my mission in life is to really have those people like closer, deeper bonds with their family members because I grew up in a family where we kind of, we had this really great connection up to a certain point. And then it almost feel, felt like once I got married and I moved away, that the dynamics of our family changed. It's almost like I felt like I was the glue. Mm-hmm. And once I was gone, they kind of scattered. And it's only just really been in the last maybe year and a half that people are starting to really like recognize how important family is. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that you did that around the table. I would have loved to have had that kind of family life. We talked, but we really had those moments, I guess, around the holidays. But it, I think what you were saying is you were doing this on a regular basis with your family because you wanted them to know that you support each other and having those ideas. Like one of them, I just want to get into really, I loved the idea of the gift of respect where you said, don't quack the duck. And that's about support. I love that because that's where you get to come and dream and actually start, okay, well, if this is your idea, what does that look like to you? How can we plan this out together? I think that's lost so much right now uh, that a lot of families would benefit from supporting their children, supporting each other. We don't have to live like a cookie cutter life, the life that everyone believes is supposed to be the life you're supposed to live. If you want to change your lifestyle, you should be able to do that. If you want to go after a dream, you should be able to, or a goal that that really lights you up. You should be able to do that and have that support behind you. And if it really makes sense and you have those people supporting you, I think that's incredible. So I love what you did with that. I think it's so cool. The don't quack the duck is actually, it's a fun one, right? And I even teach that in companies where we put all the ducks out on the table. Those, you know, the little rubber duckies that you used to get mm-hmm. when, when um, you're a kid. And if somebody has an idea, you can compliment it, build on it, ask questions, seek to understand it. But what you cannot do is immediately, you know, we used to say shoot the duck. We decided shooting wasn't good. So, we just, you know, for young kids. So we say don't quack the duck. 
And if somebody does immediately shoot down your idea, you can quack them and kind of gently. And it makes it fun at the same time. But what it also does is it brings a lot of awareness. I've, I've had families say, like, we didn't realize how much quacking we were doing in our family until you brought it to the awareness. And I think, Leslie, when you saw the, you're talking about the little video. Well, that story in there was one of my aha moments because David had a big imagination. And my other son, who's super practical, right? Like, very practical. David threw out this idea of, well, I think we should put a helicopter landing pad on our roof. And of course, Brian <laughs> immediately was like, that's ridiculous, right? Nobody has a helicopter landing pad on their roof, da, 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 right? And I said, whoa, 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 wait. So, and most parents would also shut that down, by the way. Like, that's just, that's too pie in the sky. We're not having a conversation about that. So I, but I didn't. I said, look, David, I said, okay, a helicopter landing pad on your roof. Why would you want that? And so David said, well, because, you know, we could have at that time, we could have LeBron James come over for dinner and he could just fly over and land. I mean, crazy ideas. Right. But what was what was cool about it was we started talking about all the places we could go maybe in a day and be back in time for dinner or be at school the next day or do for a weekend and, you know, whatever. And of course, we don't we never got the helicopter landing pad on our roof. But what we did get were a whole bunch of ideas of things we could actually go do as a family. And what's funny is, is that Brian, who shot, who quacked the duck on the idea, ended up with more ideas about what we could do with a helicopter landing pad than David, right? Who who wow. had this crazy idea. And some of them, we decided, you know, we don't need a helicopter landing pad to go do those. Let's go do them. So I think sometimes we're so quick to shoot down ideas and not allowing them to unfold that there could be something really beautiful that's weaved into it from the crazy yeah. come the best ideas. And so anyway, I think for us, that was like one of those moments. And I've literally sat in a meeting one time, Leslie, you'll appreciate this, where somebody literally was sitting there and started quacking their duck. And I'm thinking, I didn't hear anybody say anything. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't hear somebody make a statement of shooting down the idea. Um, and I said to her, I said, did, did somebody shoot down your idea? And she said, no. She goes, well, nobody in here did. She goes, but I did. <laughs> she goes, I'm quacking ah. myself. Right. Because how often do we sit in meetings or we don't open up and share because we're afraid somebody else is going to think that what we're sharing was crazy and we worry about that. And what if we made it that safe? Like it doesn't matter what the idea is because something amazing could come from it. Just share it. Right. And that's really what I was wanting to do around our kitchen table so that everyone felt like no matter what it was, no matter what was on their heart or their big idea, right, that they could be open to share that. Yeah, I love that. And I, it reminds me of when I, I think it's one of like my very first jobs working as a legal assistant. And I remember wanting to ask a question saying, this might sound like a stupid question. And the person said to, the person said to me, I don't even remember who it was, but said, no question is a stupid question because it gets you closer to the answer you're looking for. So don't be afraid to open up. And I thought that was such a great reminder that we are in our own heads, stopping ourselves from growth because we're afraid that someone's going to, like you were saying, quack the duck or shoot it down and instead just be open to sharing it. And I think what you're doing around the dinner table with your family is just testament to that, that what started out as one idea ended up with multiple ideas and what of the things that you could do. And it just gets your imagination going. So I really love that. So yeah. thank you for sharing that story. Cause I think, as I said, it's one of my favorite videos to watch. You know, it's a short video, but it's still such a lovely reminder of how 
just having that conversation, having that closeness with the people that are in your immediate vicinity, whether it's your family, even even if it's your friendships, I think this could really work out as well as something to support Mm -hmm. that. So Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. So let's talk a moment about um, self-care. When it comes to the idea of self-care, when did you start recognizing the power of it for yourself as a woman with all the hats that you're wearing? And how has your definition of it evolved throughout your life and your career? Well, this is this is a story in and of itself. But when I was in my early 30s, and I was still juggling all the hats, right, and balancing momhood. And, you know, for most intents and purposes, at some point, I was a single mom, um, when my kids were a little bit older. And um, when like six and three, I became a single mom. So not old, but a little older. And I ended up I wasn't taking care of myself. I didn't know I wasn't taking care of myself. But I landed in the hospital. I had actually gained uh, 20 pounds of water weight in a very short period of time. My kidneys weren't working right. I was a mess. And I didn't really know I was making that bad of choices. But all of a sudden, my body was just like, this is not working. And so I wasn't eating as healthy as I should. I was drinking a ton of diet pop at that point in my life. And I had to make a lot of like amazing shifts. I felt blessed to get out of there because honestly, there was probably a point in time where I didn't even know that I was going to get back out. So when I did, I took it the other extreme and I became a fanatic. I became like, I wasn't going to cook on Teflon and I wasn't going to use the microwave. And you know what I mean? Like I just went from one extreme to the other, right? If it wasn't organic, it wasn't going in my mouth and da, 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 da. Well, then I realized that what I had done to myself was I'd become this hyper stressed out mess, right? Of going so far to the other extreme that I couldn't do anything and enjoy it anymore. I was grading everything I did. Everything was judged. Right. So it it was a journey that then say, okay, like I do need to make good choices, but I can do that 80% of the time and 20% of the time, you know, they always say the 80, 20, maybe it's 90, 10, maybe it's 70, 30, but the bulk of your your decisions should be that slight edge difference, which is a beautiful book, by the way, the slight edge of every day. If you, if every morning you wake up and have a donut, that's a slight edge towards the wrong direction. If once in a while you have a donut, it doesn't matter, right? It's what you do on a day in, day out basis and really looking at those things and saying, does this serve me or does it, and does it move me closer to where I want to be or does it move me further away? And if you do something that moves you in the wrong direction a little bit, it's fine. What you don't want to do is beat yourself up for it because I'd wake up and, and I'd be beating myself up and I'm thinking and that's not healthy either, right? So how do you find that, that balance? So I really got into, um, you know, I guess meditation, which I still have times I'm not really good at it because I have a hard time shutting my brain down, but I still get into that quiet space and allow for that to happen. But it took a wake up call for me to realize that I needed to make different choices. Happiness is our greatest gift, right? And if you, if everything you're doing is making you stressed out, then you're not going to be in your happiness. And so I think there's that balancing and people have to strike that balance for them. But for me, that was a big piece of my journey. And then I would say the second piece was I found out at one point in my life, I was allergic to birds. Didn't know it. I don't have those kind of birds. They were mostly doves and pigeons. But I spent four months in and out of the hospital. That's when I really got into meditation because I couldn't breathe. And all I could do was lay there and meditate. So I feel like if you don't slow down, life is going to find a way Mm -hmm. (laughs) to carve out that pathway for you, whether you want to or not. 
Um, and then I got really good at meditation because I love Joe Dispenza. I feel like Joe Dispenza, I don't know if you know who he is or not, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like for me, like that was my saving grace in, at that point in time was to to really to delve into those things. But I feel like for me, it's it's kind of like life goes, nope, you're going to slow down and you're going to figure it out. If you don't figure it out for yourself, we're going to support you in figuring it out. So I, I guess life's been good to me that way, right? It's get Those are gifts. Contrast is gift, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, have you found that you've had to be mindful to set boundaries to protect your self-care time? Oh, yeah. Like a thousand percent because I'm a workaholic. And I know it, I I really have to, that's why the grandkids have been beautiful because the one thing I have gotten really good at is taking off the working hat when the grandkids are around, right? Because I wasn't as good at that, to be honest with you, when my kids were little, I was wearing so many different hats. And so for the grandkids, (laughs) again, you get to set all that aside. And I think that's been beautiful for me. I have also found those moments though, like, for myself as well, like the meditation, like taking walks out in nature is everything to me. I feel like the trees talk to me and I kind of makes me weird, but you know, I love to find that perfect oak tree, quite frankly, that just, I feel like calls to me, but those are the ways that I carve out. But I do find I have to separate from sitting at my desk. Like I have to, and I, sometimes I have to get out of the house, right? For me. Um, otherwise I will find something to do it's kind of like when you go to the the movies, you feel like movies and popcorn go together, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to watch a movie without the popcorn because you're so used to those two things going together. Well, for me, work and being in this house, like where my office is, because so many of us work from home, I have to get out of here. I have to separate. Yeah. 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 I yeah. feel like we have that in common because working from home, I've even had my husband comment to me to say, like, you have to come out of there. You have to take time. I'll take breaks. I'll get up and I'll stretch, but I'm not leaving. And so to actively just get myself out of the house and go for a walk, you know, I get access to seeing birds and butterflies and squirrels. And so that is beautiful to me. And so, and to get out away from just staring at my screen for if 30 minutes, an hour is so helpful, but like, you're right. You can equate one that goes with the other, unless you actively or intentionally, I should say, get up and move and to a, lo- a different location. It makes a, a difference when you intentionally do that. So I appreciate that you shared that because I feel like we have that in common. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause if I don't, I, I can be really bad at it. Right. And I can work like all day and go, Oh my God, I forgot to eat today. You know what I mean? So sometimes I set my little alarm over here, break time, <laughs> go get something healthy, ready to eat. Uh, and I do, I could have been a bunny rabbit. I do gravitate to good, healthy food. I could live off salads, literally, mm-hmm. but I still have to, to remind myself to go, to go do that. I don't know if you do that too, Leslie or not, but. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I need those reminders because I do get, I do get sometimes really involved with what I'm doing, but I also know my energy I can only go for so long and I need those breaks. So I understand that I have to incorporate those breaks to support my energy. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it, I'm, I'm no good to anyone or anything. 
So let's talk about your family. I know obviously family is huge for you. You've been teaching your family for a long time, the importance of connection through your family time around the table. And so in that regard, how have you been able to instill self-care into their mindsets as a tool to support them, helping them to understand that it's, it's obviously not selfish, but essential for them to being and living a more joyful life? Yeah, so I think because we have such good communication, we have had a lot of discussions about this. I will say both of my sons played sports, mostly football, and there were a lot of really good things that happened because sports imitate life a lot of times, right, in terms of those the leadership and the things that they got from that. So I feel like it wasn't just me, to be honest with you. I feel like they had to learn discipline and they had to learn how to eat healthy, right? Because they, because they worked out and they, they did all of those things. But I also know they both really value their time of being able to be on their own a little bit, right off on their space. And of course, now with children, it's harder for them. So they have to try to carve that out. But I think they both really value kind of going within themselves and finding that space. And I also know that we've just had so many amazing conversations about like, what does health really mean? I mean, they used to go to the grocery store and shop long after they were out of the house and they'd go, Hey, I'm looking at this label and it says it has this, this, and this. What do you think about that? Right. But that kind of communication was important. So this day, so one of my sons, he's actually amazing. I want to call him a chef. We call him chef Brian. (laughs) You know, he loves to cook. And he generally is really making very good, healthy food. So I love that he's doing that for his family. He gets a little too stressed out about sports still, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to be honest about that. Or I'm like, it's just a game. And he's someone that has to, I mean, all kids are different, right? So what worked for Brian doesn't necessarily work for David. If you've ever like as a family read the five love languages, which is such a beautiful book to to put into the family dynamic as well. And so for Brian, it's all about empower me, lift me up and tell me, inspire me and whatever words of affirmation. For David, it was all about physical touch. David, you could take a walk and he'd walk you right off the sidewalk because he just kept like constantly Mm -hmm. in your space, right? So when you learn those two things about them, you also know how to support one another. And I think that's the other thing that really happened in our family. So David, if Brian had a big test, David would put post-it notes all over his room like you've got this. Brian, on the other hand, would know that David just needed to quality time or physical touch or whatever. And so, of course, physical touch was more like pushing him, you know, away. But there was that interaction between them um, that David needed because his second thing was quality time. And Brian was really good about it. So I think just learning those dynamics, I think, because that's all about self-care, right? It's all about how do we support the people in our lives that matter to us. And so I feel like they both have really gravitated to those things. And of course, now they do that with their own families and their own children. But I think the most important thing or the biggest thing, I shouldn't say most important, but the biggest thing I think they picked up is just really being aware of, you know, there's the saying is that you are what you eat. We hear it all the time. But we used to talk about literally flipping that statement and saying what you eat becomes you. It becomes your heart, it becomes your skin, it becomes every part of you. So what you're putting in your body actually matters. And so again, not to be crazy and never do anything, but to recognize that you should think about how you're nourishing your body. And I feel like both of them have done a phenomenal job in that space, which obviously keeps them healthy and able to maintain all the energy they need to keep up with all their children. Yeah, but I think it also is a testament to their upbringing, right? Because this is something you 
I wouldn't necessarily say you stressed, but you made it a part of the lifestyle. So they've learned this and they've embodied it. And now they're showing their own families, like they're, they've brought it into their own families. And that, that's just like a ripple effect. This is mm-hmm. creating a lifestyle that it was part of them growing up as children and now they're adults with their own children and their children will grow up and have their own children. And it's just going to be a ripple effect. So I think it's beautiful uh, that you've created this lifestyle for your family that has become ingrained in them in a good way. It's become a habit that they can then inspire their own families and inspire people around them as well. So I think that's beautiful, which leads me into our next thing, because I know you're doing something really fantastic. This is how we met was through Mm -hmm. the Good and Crazy um, platform. So tell me about the Good and Crazy ecosystem and also about the Good and Crazy Ranch, which also sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about the idea behind um, Good and Crazy and what you hope to accomplish with this platform. Yeah, it's funny because obviously when you asked me to be on, you and I talked a little bit about this and how do these two things actually go together <clears throat> and how they go together is kind of fascinating in reality. I, I um, So I had been speaking in companies and sharing, you know, you just need to have a family meeting. I got the deer in the headlight look like, well, how do you do that? And so I had created, as you know, the, the family meeting toolkit that allowed families to really take their own journey, but give them the foundation to do that. And so I had entered that into the next best brilliant idea for humanity, which I thought was just a really beautiful way to showcase what I had created and went through the whole journey. And it it was a really awesome process that they had created in terms of you had to do your business plan and you had to do your financials, your performas, and you had to write, I had to write a mini book and I went through an interview process. So it was like you constantly keep going through the journey of it. And I can remember thinking about halfway through that, I don't like at this point, yeah, it'd be great to win because what an honor, right? And obviously when you get to the end and actually did end up as one of the next best brilliant ideas for humanity in the top five, I was certainly honored by that. But what I realized was is that it didn't actually matter at that point as much if I won it because I was going to walk away with more than I started. I was going to walk away with a lead generator. I was going to walk away from my performance in place. I was going to walk away with all the foundational pieces I needed, right, to have a business. So when I actually won this next best brilliant, I thought, well, okay, awesome. But then, okay, now what, right? I didn't know how to take it to the next step. There wasn't a, okay, now here's how you find an angel investor or a venture capitalist or how you go get funding or how you do this or whatever. So I I had all this stuff I had put together, which was really awesome, but still didn't really know what I was how to get it in front of somebody and how to present it. How do you pitch, right? All those things. So when we fast forward, then when when Aaron and I started Good and Crazy, a lot of it was how do we get people to the point of being ready to be ready to receive and getting them into the place where they can literally find those resources for funding so that the ideas, all these beautiful ideas that people have can actually come to fruition, right? Instead of just being another beautiful idea that didn't see the light of day because it didn't have the funding behind it. So we wanted to really prepare people for those next steps, which was how do you seek out? How do you pitch? How do you take it to that next step? So good and crazy, the ecosystem is built to to really give people the A to Z and get them ready to be ready to be funded so that the next beautiful idea that somebody wakes up with tomorrow actually has a pathway to come to the light of day and make a difference in the world. 
So that's really what is at the heart of Good and Crazy. There's other facets to it in terms of what we do. And it's funny you bring up the ranch because obviously the ranch is really, again, back to the, the heartbeat of the family. And having families come out there and I keep imagining that there's like a, a riding arena that we convert into a place with all the kitchen tables set up that we would have sat at as kids and set them all up with all different styles and then let families come in and find a kitchen table and, and host events that way. So there's like this beautiful vision about it where families are coming in and they're getting connected back to nature and to beauty and really to each other. And that value of that most, if we really want to see change in our world, it's going to start in our own homes with our own families first. And so how do we find that? How do we recapture that? Because we keep looking out here at all the chaos and thinking that somehow it has something to do. If we want to change the chaos, we've got to actually start with our family. And so the and that's where the power really is. We think it's out there. It's not. It's within us. And it's, it's in our own homes. And so if we can, if that's, there was a beautiful, beautiful quote today that I wish I should have had it ready because this was powerful. I'm going to um, see if I can find it here. But anyway, just allowing families to recognize the power that they have with each other. And that it wasn't about the hour that I spent with my family each week at the kitchen table. It's about what happened when we left that table and how we showed up in the world, right? That's the impact, right? And that's the generational impact that you were talking about as well. So I wanted to have a place where families could come in and start that same journey and allow that ripple to start. And it wouldn't be about the event. It would be what happened after they left that event and how they as a family went out and showed up in the world in a way that we become the change we want to see. Yeah. And it would be so wonderful that they adopted that family tradition where they meet around the table and they take time to get to know each other a little bit more. Because as you get older, as your kids go out into the world, which you know, Brian and David, they both went out into the world and they had their experiences. So they brought their experiences home. And so you're getting to know them a little bit more based on what their likes have become and mm-hmm. what's influencing them. And so I love that being able to have that as a tradition you could add to your family as you're growing up, I think is beautiful. You know, I know a lot of families that do that where they spend a lot of time together, both sides of the family of, of married couples and their mm-hmm. children and their grandchildren. And, and it's such a wonderful thing to see. As I said, I grew up with just my mom and my brothers and we created joyful moments, but at some point we scattered. But I really like this idea that if we could actually bring it back, bring something like that, even into the adult life, we can mm-hmm. still create those connections again. So I'm definitely going to look into this further for my family because I think we're connecting again. And I think this would be just such a beautiful way to really deepen our bonds. So I want to say thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate what you guys are doing and what your vision is for Good and Crazy. And I'm I'm happy to be a part of the, the ecosystem. I know, I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to fit in there, but I know I have a lot of ideas. I actually have a couple of great ideas, I think, that I probably will need help with. And yeah. so I know where to go. So yeah, I think it's a whole community that that's it's like we yes, we want to learn how to bank on ourselves, but really we want to learn how to bank on each other. And the more that we can do that, where we can actually find those points of of um, synergy, as well as how can we each support each other on their journey? I think that's really what good, that's at the heart of good and crazy. And as you know, our mission is to raise the vibration on the planet. Um, and, um, so we do that by, you know, when people wake up in their passion and get to go make it happen, that's truly beautiful. 
Yeah, it is. Absolutely. So I have one last question. Uh-huh. With all the hats you wear, how mm-hmm. have you learned to prioritize self-care so that you show up fully present, energized and empowered where you empower your family, you empower your community? I mean, you're doing a lot. You're look, we're working on supporting your clients, but how do you keep all of that going and self-care becomes that, I guess, tool for you to support you as you pursue your own dreams? Yeah. So again, it's funny, self-care should be the easiest thing. And it's sometimes it's the most challenging, (laughs) right, to do. But I guess, I think self-care for me has really been, this is going to sound strange, maybe, but it's really about learning to go within. I I think we sometimes we think all the answers are out here, like, what book can I read that's going to, to get me where I want to go? And the truth is, is that it's all inside. And I think the more that we can do that and realize the answers come from within. And the other thing for me is, and I'm wired this way. I know this is easier for me because I'm sort of wired like on the positive side. Like I know some people have to wake up every day and and, and we're all wired differently. I have two sons. They're both wired very differently, you know, in terms of how they approach things. But for me, like I just knew that it was important for me to stay in a really good place. But I also knew that contrast was a gift. I've known that since I was young. I can look at my childhood, which quite frankly, I think we either repeat our childhoods or we we want to do different. For me, it was I wanted to do different. My journey has been, how can I not <laughs> repeat what was in my childhood? Not that it was all bad, but there was a lot that wasn't good, but it actually made me strong. It was my contrast. It was my greatest gift. And I think for me, self-care has really come from that no matter what stressful thing I'm dealing with, I flip it into this as a gift. There's a journey here. I'm going to be stronger when I get through whatever this is. And as a result of it, I can appreciate every single aspect of it. But I also know that I can go within and find my own answers. And I think for me, the the meditation and the going within has been the single most important thing that I have done for my own self-care. I do like to take baths with a lot of bubbles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I don't get enough massages. Let's put that out there right now. And I would love to do more of that. But slowing down and appreciating every single piece of it, because every single piece of it, even when it doesn't feel as good, is a blessing if you allow it to be. And so for me, that's been my self-care and not judging. I always, always say to my kids, and this is actually really kind of fascinating to you, I'd say to them, you don't grow through guilt, you only grow through awareness. You can acknowledge guilt, but you can't stay in it. You can only mm-hmm. grow once you allow yourself to move beyond it. So, you know, I was raised Catholic, so guilt was part of it, right? Like, so, yeah. you, but getting past that and recognizing that and then realizing life doesn't happen to us, it happens for us. Yeah. And I really like that you were saying, like, how your past can fuel your present so that you can, whatever your future looks like you are coming from a good place. You know, Mm -hmm. we all have a past and we all have had experiences, good and bad. But Mm -hmm. what we do with that knowledge, what we can do with it is even the bad things, we can use that to help other people. You know, we heal, Mm -hmm. like you were saying, we go within, we heal. Mm -hmm. So when we heal ourselves, then we're able to like go out into the world and use that which happened to us as a tool to help other people that may be, in that journey and don't know how to get past it. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for being here and sharing with your story today. I've really loved learning about 
your many passions because you have many passions. I love your family bonding idea to all of the things that you do or that are empowering entrepreneurs to know like all of the steps, like you went through that and you know the power of having that toolkit of all of the things that someone might need to successfully be ready to put their ideas out there. So I really love that. And it's just inspirational because I think when I first met you and I was introduced to Good and Crazy by Aaron, but when I first met the two of you, I was really inspired because you were speaking my language of let's make this world a better place. And I really love that. Like, it's not about what's in it for me. It's how can I serve other people? Because a lot of people are in business and they're thinking, okay, I want to make more money. Mm -hmm. I want to get my clients. And yes, that's, of course, that's part of the process. But when you look at it from how can I serve and everything else will then fall into place. And I think that's what I love about meeting the two of you, you and your partner, Aaron, in the good and crazy community is that it is about how can we make this a place that creators, visionaries can come to showing them that there is a pathway. We have built this ecosystem that will help you to build those things that you need. We're going to get you ready for it. And when you have your idea, then there's another platform that we provide where you get to pitch that idea. So I'm really excited for what you have coming, especially as this community grows. I appreciate you taking time today to have such an uplifting conversation with me to close out my self-care series. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. Awesome. Yeah. And can I just say that like, if anybody wants to watch the little video? Yeah, absolutely. The four gifts.info. It says the four gifts in four minutes, but it's actually six because there's a minute on the front and back. (laughs) But hey, um, it's the, and then the number four gifts.info. So anyway, it's just, you know, like you don't have to do anything with it, but it, but I feel like it shares all four of the gifts and you can check it out and see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be sure to share that actually in the show notes. So anyone who wants to, they can okay. just click awesome. right on the link. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you again. And to our listeners, be sure to check the show notes, show notes for details on Cheryl's work. If you want to learn more about the good and crazy ecosystem, uh, I'm excited about the good and crazy ranch. Can't wait to hear more about that. <laughs> And anything else that you want, uh, definitely click on the link to watch the four gifts. Uh, I tell, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It's something that just makes my heart smile every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to thank you all for tuning in and joining me on this journey of exploring self-care through the many conversations I've had over this past month, past month with some incredible women. My hope is that you walk away with new insights and tools to care for yourself so that you can be the best of yourself for you. Because when you take care of yourself the very best you can, you get the best of you. And so does everyone and everything else in your life. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day, a wonderful week. And as always, keep dreaming, keep believing, and keep designing your extraordinary life one day at a time. Thank you for joining me on Her Extraordinary Life by Design. I hope you've been inspired and empowered by the incredible stories shared on this show. If you enjoyed this episode and the conversations we've had, I would greatly appreciate if you could take a moment to leave a review. Your feedback and support mean the world to me, and it will help others discover the podcast and join our empowering community. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Together, we can continue to learn from these amazing women uncover their extraordinary journeys, and be motivated to create our own lives by design. Thank you again for tuning in. Until next time, stay
Stay empowered and keep shaping your extraordinary life one day at a time. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electricast production. Electricast.